Welcome to the Bean Holes Podcast, episode number 79. This week, Nate and I are going over the comic book series of Civil War. Of course, the one based off of the new Marvel movie, Captain America Civil War. But we're going to look into the comics and some of the events that happened during this huge Marvel, uh, like, big event that went on through a bunch of different books. Um... So many books. I, we, we can only cover so much in an hour. Um, so, you know, don't expect us to go into like the big detail, you know, the small details and anything like that. We're going to go over some of the big stuff, some of the big events that happened during the during that time. And uh, we talk a little bit about the movie coming out and, and you know, what we think about what's going to happen. And so you can kind of consider this 50-50, a little preview for the new movie and then talking about the comics, but it's mainly about the comics. Next week, we will have our full episode review on Captain America Civil War, just like we did with Batman v Superman. The week after, we're going to do an episode on Rovio and Angry Birds, and I know uh, and you know, a lot of people are kind of sick of the Angry Birds, but it really is interesting to, to look into the company and, and how they've built this media franchise based off of a free app. And then the week after, we want to do an episode on Bob Ross. Hopefully, at some point during the month, me and Nate are going to get some oil paints and actually try some of the Bob Ross techniques and techniques and make our own paintings and have an episode talk about the history of Bob Ross and um, and go over what we think about his techniques and, and whatnot. So that's our month of May right there. So we were going to do episodes on Black Panther and uh, and Peter Parker, Spider-Man, but there's going to be more time to do those when those respective movies come out. So uh, just don't forget this this episode of the podcast is brought to you by audibletrial.com. You can uh, <laughs> audible.com, but if you go to audibletrial.com slash beanholes, you get a free 30-day trial of the Audible service. It's like podcasts, but they're audio books. It's, uh, you know, it's, you get a whole month free. And even if you don't continue with the service, you get to keep a free audio book for yourself, which, hey, it's not bad. It's, it's a free audio book. There's no loss to you whatsoever. And even if you like the service, you can continue on with it. And it's, it's pretty cool. So, um, also we're, we're trying to get this podcast up on a bunch of different mediums, but you can listen to us on Stitcher, tune in radio, of course, go to iTunes, leave us a, a star review and a written review. It'll help us out. If you like the podcast, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. And every Tuesday morning, we will be live at Mixler.com, M-I-X-L-R.com. There's an open chat room so you can talk to us while the show is being recorded. So let's get on with the show. Episode 79, Marvel Civil War. The Bean Holes. It's Eric and The Bean Holes. They're really pretty great. So shut up and listen to them talk. Eric and Welcome to another episode of The Bean Holes. I'm Eric. I'm Nate, and my ears are destroyed from you shouting that welcome. Really? Is that bad? Yeah. Or just that, all the headphones? Well, yeah, headphones, and I bet you clipped. I don't know. I did not. I didn't clip at all. Okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> my entire life is like being on the edge of a sneeze about to come. Sweet. Gross. When I'm lifting weights, it just it feels like I'm coming. Coming and coming all day. <laughs> oh, I mean, that whole movie is essentially just the Arnold show. Or at least. The, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Talking, of course, about pumping iron. Yeah. 
It's on Netflix for anybody who... Best documentary ever made. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, just watch the beginning where Arnold talks about how lifting weights makes him feel like he's coming all the time. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. That's all you need to see. That and Lou Ferrigno's father, who from the parts I saw is like the greatest hype man ever. Definitely. And he's like his his Mickey. Like, come on, Rock. He's like, come on, Lou. Don't be so deaf. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so deaf. <laughs> Stop being deaf. Um, yeah, very uh, very exciting episode this week. I. I imagine we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> I imagine. Speaking of greatest hype men ever, <laughs> I imagine I, this is pretty great. Gonna be a good episode, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> talking about Marvel Civil War, not Captain America Civil War, the movie, but the comic book 2006 uh, storyline. One of the great events in the history of Marvel. I don't even say. That. I would say at least in the top five of the best of of all comics. Sure. Right as far right. as events go. I mean... Crossover as, events, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can't really... When you think about, like, big events, I'm thinking, all right, Secret Wars, Civil War. Secret Wars was shit. I know, but I'm trying to think of, other than, like, the, the crossovers, like, what is DC... Oh, man. I mean, anything with infinity in the name is basically a complete universe-changing thing. But Right. Would you consider the New 52 as a as a, as an event? No. Like when they relaunched nope. everything? Nope. That was an event. That was a publishing event, not, not an event within their universe. Right, right. Well, I, I don't think DC had anything like Civil War with a bunch of heroes fighting each other, did they? Hmm. No, I mean, DC's done a lot of things that are, of course, like, you know, Batman and Superman facing off for some reason or, you know, they, they, they've done a lot of that. But DC's more about the team up kind of things, like everybody coming together against a new threat rather than rather than everybody coming against each other. Right, right. Just coming and coming all day. <laughs> um, I love fighting other heroes. It makes me feel like I'm coming the entire time. <laughs> We're doing the worst Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. Yeah, but the worst impression becomes the best voice for a cartoon character. It's true. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so the, the t- series ran from July 2006 to January 2007. And I think, as far as I know, encompassed almost, almost all of the ongoing series that were placed in the same universe like no hero or no hero or story yeah no was, pretty much nobody no united states based superhero was was untouched by this it was a major major event i'm not saying that that it necessarily had a major influence on individual titles although there were quite a few um quite a few Civil War episodes or issues um, in, in individual titles, but it, it it wasn't necessarily something that showed up in every single title that Marvel had, but it, it did. Everybody was somehow affected by it, really. Right, right. And it's a tough series to follow because I know that there's the, you know, they had a main Civil War comic running, but then there was, you know, the stuff in Iron Man comics where you would just follow. Yeah. Iron Man, and then they'd have Captain America and Spider-Man. So to encompass everything with Civil War, it's you have to track down a, a, at least a good amount of books. Yeah. And there was a good, like, side p- 
piece to it. It was Civil War Frontline, I believe. Um, that I I read that, um, and it was it was focusing on like newspaper reporters who were covering the events. Uh, so it was it was it was pretty interesting to me. But it was a comic book that was not really at all about superheroes. It was just about people who were living in that world. Yeah, I mean, it, it, just go and look at the tie-in comics, the, the list, uh, you know, Wikipedia or any other comic uh, site that's going to give you all this information and just seeing the sheer amount of... Yeah, why should we give you anything? <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, things like like four issues of Black Panther were included into Civil War, you know. Yep. Uh, yeah, you got Spider-Man, Black Panther, Blade, Cable and Deadpool, Ghost Captain Rider. America... Um, Wolverine, yeah. Thunderbolts, Punisher, Moon Fantastic Knight, Fantastic Four, Heroes for Hire, Ms. Marvel, Public Punisher, Publisher. <laughs> it's because the did, publisher. Did you, that's a great. That's a great name <laughs> of a of a character. Um, she Hulk, Wolverine, X Factor, Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts were going strong at that time. This is Volume Three of the Thunderbolts. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, it was a it was a seven issue series the the main books the actual civil war books yep um and written by mark miller and penciled by steve mcniven and uh it builds on earlier excuse me <laughs> earlier events uh from previous marvel crossovers um including House of M, which was a very interesting one, uh, Avengers Disassembled and Decimation. Wow, Decimation. And it said there, there was a tagline on the books that said, whose side are you on? Um, I got to say, side note, I think that the the big mistake Marvel made with this was they really telegraphed like who was right very early on. Like, and, and, Yeah, yeah. And it... it just you know that you've you've got you got Iron Man and Shield basically leading the um really Iron Man's Tony Stark leading the pro registration and Captain America leading the pro freedom I guess and and we'll we'll get into some more detail about it in just a moment cuz I know a lot of people are going to be listening to us sort of as a, a primer for the movie rather than actually people who are listening because they enjoyed the comic so much they want to hear us talk about it. Right, right. Um, so we'll we'll talk about the details and what led to it in, in a minute. But very early on, there's a there's a scene where uh, Captain America is, is talking to Maria Hill, who is at the time in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, Nick Fury is... I think presumed dead or disappeared or something at, at this time in Marvel and Maria Hill, who is a character in the movies as well, played by uh, Kobe Smulders, um, is is the acting director of Shield and she's got Captain America. They're trying to, you know, get him to to come in and obviously they want Captain America to be on their side and leading the registration movement. Um, and his speech to them and their responses make it so clear that you're just supposed to root for Captain America. And I just think if you're pitting heroes against each other, you want to write both sides as compelling and, and, you know, not be sure who's really right and who's going to come out on top. And well, the issue is, is 
um, the, the main issue with writing is that if you're one guy writing this story, you're most likely you're going to pick a side in your mind, you know, yeah, but you, if you're, you're a good writer, you're not going to tell everybody in the first couple pages, what side you're, you have chosen. Well, we know that now going into the, like now that it's been said and done and then with the movie coming out, um, but who knows, maybe as, as Mark was writing it, you know, he, he was coming this as, as like, there is a clear good guy and a bad guy. Well, I even look at the, you know, and I, uh, the name civil war, you know, we've had our own American civil war where you kind of look at both sides and what they were fighting for and you go, okay, I can kind of find a clear bad guy here, but then find people in the South who, in the South. no, well, no, people. Yeah, you talk to people in the South who would probably disagree with you and say, no, 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 they're, you know, I don't know why you're saying in the South. What the Civil War it was North versus South? Oh, oh, okay. I thought, yeah, got it. I thought you were uh, saying like Southerners in the U.S. would would uh, would disagree with your assessment of the Marvel universe. No, no, no. I'm talking about <laughs> even even if even in our own when we had the American Civil War, you could step back from that and go, okay, there's kind of a clear quote unquote bad guy here where there's not really a bad guy. It's just what some people were fighting for. Yeah. But then you talk to other people and they're going to go, no, no, there was, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I'll just, uh, I'll say it's very obvious though. The re the, <clears throat> the reason that this was, um, it's clear to me anyway, the reason that there was such a clear, like this side is right. And this side is wrong is because this very much, uh, was was a reflection of of the times and 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 our reactions and actions uh, after nine eleven. Yeah, where like there's they basic the superheroes basically were or super powered individuals in the Marvel universe were the stand-ins for um for for all Muslims and and people of Middle Eastern descent in within our culture and the the idea that like well you know not uh, not saying all muslims are terrorists but all terrorists are sure muslims so we should round them all up and figure well, yeah, it out even, later even now uh, I, one of the things uh donald trump has proposed is like a is kind of like a superhero registration act but like a muslim registration act yeah. like to have a database and it's Exactly, and that was that was the thing. This was this is really a, refl a a reflection of that, and and trying to illustrate how um uh, you know the the fact that we sometimes we sacrifice freedom for security, and sometimes you have to sacrifice at least the feeling of security in order for for increased freedom for everybody, and um and and that that really seemed to be what 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 was you know, what is the real issue behind, you know, why they were even writing this and all that. And, and so from that standpoint, of course, they really want to make one side seem really strong and one side, side seem really weak so they can get their opinions on the real issue across. Um, uh, but I just got to say <laughs> the, the flaw in, in the, in the metaphor here is that the superpowered registration act is like, 
if there were real super powered people, if there was somebody who could like sneeze and destroy a city block by accident, yep. I would absolutely want the government to register them. And even and if I even was someone with powers, I would see like if if people have like practically nuclear weapons at their disposal at all time and they you know I would want those people to uh to have some oversight and and I and honestly well even in their fictional world though shield has all of that information shield knows who everybody is the well no not really that's that's the issue the whole the whole thing here is it's like you've you've got a you've got an intelligence organization that their job is to know as much as possible but like a registration act is like if you are this person you come in and you register and it's a two-way street here like you you get some you know uh you get some information about or some some training or some help or whatever um potentially potentially a job offer if um but um well let's just back up so we can we can okay well let, let's let's mention what escalated or or started the exactly. fact of this registration act exactly now You've i know that i know that there was one big situation but i i know that there was a few different situations that kind of built up and that there was like one like straw that broke the camel's back with this yeah um um, so yeah, you've at this time in the Marvel universe, you've got the New Warriors, who are um, it's a, it's an interesting superhero group. It's a group of young superheroes who basically are it's 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 a superhero team that it has its own reality show. So they're like being followed around by camera crews and the, the and having a TV show made about them as they they you know it's a, it's sort of like the real world or or it's actually closer to some of the talent competitions actually or more like more like um making the band which only had a few seasons but um which i'm saying this uh, total side note about the new warriors and what they were doing there mm-hmm. that would have been so perfect if marvel had made a reality show style like if they took that concept and actually did it where the show was new warriors on fox or on yeah. ABC, yeah. and the buildup was whatever accident happens in, like, the finale, and that leads into... Yeah. That would have been cool. So, well, and so I, I do recommend to you and to all the, uh, the beans out there that if you can get a hold of who wants to be a superhero, uh, Stan Lee's superhero reality TV show, uh, that was one of the... The greatest horrible bits of television ever created just fat, a few fat years mama. ago. You fat mama. I have I have the comic that was made for feedback. Yeah. And what was disappointing was not only did it take like eight months after the show ended, which they were like, uh, the comic will be out in like three months. And it, it wasn't even his own comic. It was like, who wants to be a superhero? The comic starring feedback. And, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this is actually a cool guy. Like do something with him. No? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. But, uh, yeah, and I think we've talked before about that. The, the, the cameo. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> let's, not even, let's not even get into that. Uh, we'll just have to search through our entire back catalog for our conversations about, about that show. Um, 
So the New Warriors got a documentary, and they basically they go in to take on on some supervillains, uh, most notably Nitro, who is basically a guy that can make explosions happen. Um, and they're near an elementary school, and the supervillains they're going after are totally out of their fucking league. And um, a you know leads to Nitro causing a huge explosion, kills six hundred people, sixty of whom are elementary school students. Yep. Um, and this is in Stamford, Connecticut. Uh, it's very, very uh, creepy. Considering what had yeah, eventually a, happened a few in years Southern later, there was the the new town Sandy Hook. See how Sandy Hook, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, and that, that's interesting because actually it was just after Sandy Hook that I ended up reading these Civil War stories. Did you know when reading that 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 incident happened in Stanford, or like when you got to it, you were like, oh shit. Um. Yeah, I just you know it it, it just resonated with me. Um, cause I was, I read side note again, <laughs> I, uh, I read, I read the civil war comics as many of them as I could get a hand, uh, my hands on, um, through Marvel unlimited, their digital subscription, uh, which is very cool. I feel like something that's called unlimited should be a little bit closer to everything they've ever printed rather than just a couple thousand, uh, issues of various books. I, 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 I felt gypped when I was paying more than net, more than I do for Netflix or the more than I would for Netflix. I don't have Netflix, but more than I would for Netflix, uh, for something that calls itself Marvel unlimited that turned out to be very limited. Um, but, but still it was cool. I did pay for it for a few months and, and read pretty much everything they had. on. Yeah. There. I remember you let me borrow your account and it was, it was cool to catch up on. I think it was right when guardians of the galaxy came out and yeah. I read a few comics. Yeah. So anyway, um, the, uh, this tragedy within the Marvel universe is kind of the breaking point for a lot of, of the normal people, the unpowered people in, in Marvel. Um, who, you know, you've got practically gods just running around destroying homes and stuff and that, you know, certainly has made people uneasy. And now one that so many kids and so many people all at once uh, die. You know, in, in the comics you had uh, up, to, up to that point, you had an issue with Nick Fury and, and his secret war. Yep. You had uh, a Hulk, a Hulk rampage in Las Vegas. Um, and, and that's... Also, this leads up to even in the trailer for Civil War, uh, Thunderbolt Ross brings up the the various things of destruction that, you know, um, we know as viewers of the movies who can, you know, be in the middle of these conversations that uh, they're doing the right thing. But then you, you got to think about the general public. You know, there's people living in California who just saw the alien attack in New York and all these superheroes running around and Hulk you know, running around Africa, destroying buildings. And they're just like, these people need to be like, where's their leash? You know? Yeah. And yeah. No, I mean, to bring it back to what I already said was a, the pretty clear, um, you know, uh, inspiration for this storyline with what was happening here. Imagine if there were dozens or hundreds of terrorists operating freely and totally ignored by the government after nine 11, like we, we would be, 
we we would have totally flipped our shit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, just the the general public, and we would be terrified if people were just operating completely unfettered and just like crashing planes into buildings and blowing shit up and all that. Um, so you know, I can imagine being in the place of just a citizen of the Marvel universe. That would be it'd be a terrifying, uh, terrifying way to live. Um, so. So within this series, Tony Stark, like it's it's kind of like a wake up call to him, and he he starts, you know, he negotiates with the government, and they they come up with the Superhuman Registration Act, which forces all superheroes to reveal their secret identities and become agents of the government. So and and, and, and but a uh, part of this was that I don't think they had to give up their secret identities to the public, no. but just to the government. Right. And, and that has some, uh, you know, that, that has some relevance with like the things that, uh, the things that, that Edward Snowden leaked here in our world. And, and, um, and then this, this fight between the government and, and Apple over, over privacy and the idea that like, basically if this information goes to the government, you know that the government is not infallible, and so like if the if the government has this information, other people can get this information, and right, um, and that that's the whole argument, and and there's clearly Hydra agents working in the government, right? So, and I'm sure there's heroes who know that they're not going to just come out and say it because they don't know who they're talking to, but mm-hmm. um, well, it's just you know it in principle, whether you know whether you know for a fact that that it's Hydra agents, you just know that there are. Gary Shandling, <laughs> an Hydra agent in the government. Yeah. So, um, oh man, did is he is he in Civil War at all? No, no, because he got arrested at the end of uh, of Winter Soldier. Ah, right. right he was right. he was arrested. But um, yeah. So you the actually the Apple thing is is a really good. Uh, Obviously, realistic situation to bring up because it yeah. is true. You don't know what the government, yeah. you know, well, you don't know whose hands are on yeah, things, you and, know? And that's Apple's whole thing. Like this tool doesn't exist yet. If we make it for the government, then, you know, we, then, then it exists and right. somebody somewhere can take it and use it. You know, it's, um, you could leave a hundred dollar. You could trust a friend enough to leave a hundred dollar bill in the middle of their house and know that they're not going to use it. Now imagine putting that hundred dollar bill in the middle of a mall. Right. You don't know the people who are walking around, and yes, there may be some who don't spend that money in the mall or take it. There are some who probably will. <laughs> you know, I think that's a great metaphor. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> You, you don't you don't have to just you don't have to follow that up with your own assessment of what you just said. Come but. on. <laughs> I can do that. So um, <laughs> Yeah, so Tony Stark leads. Now did Shield were they the ones Shield Shield basically becomes and that's not there's no way that's gonna be the case within this because within the cinematic universe Shield, Shield is doesn't exist quote, anymore. Unquote, dead. Yeah. Even within the Agents of Shield TV show, they're like secretly still operating and there's there's some question over whether they're even the same universe anymore. Right, um, right. The way I understand it, it's that like the the TV show is within the the movie universe, but but you 
but the movies will always be made in such a way that you don't even need to know about the TV show to know anything. Yeah, you don't have to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Or, uh, or Agent Carter. Right. Um, now, uh, so you've got Iron Man um, and also Mr. Fantastic and Hank Pym. Three of the smartest men in the entire... Yeah, by far. Like We've, talked, it, we've before talked about, about this. About Mr. Fantastic is the smartest... Um, I think I, he was number one, right? I, I think so. I think that's that's what they do. And and in in the cinematic universe, it's like far and away Tony Stark. Um, they haven't met the Fantastic Four yet. In the cinematic universe, yeah, I don't think they ever will. They will. the The rumor is that uh, Fox wanted to make an X Men TV show. Yeah, Marvel owns the rights to that. They basically, it was right after Fantastic Four shit the bed and they canceled the sequel and basically Marvel said, give us back Fantastic Four, we'll give you the rights to an X-Men TV oh, show. Oh, I missed all that. So the, the rumor is that Phase Four after Infinity War will introduce Fantastic Four. Right. Well. So possibly. But, but, but wait, wait. <laughs> Are there any rumors or is any reason to think that, that Tony, that Iron Man is still going to be around by the Phase Four? Uh, the idea, yeah, is is that kind of like what happened in the comics that even if uh, Robert Downey Jr. doesn't want to do suit shit anymore, that he could still end up being a director of S.H.I.E.L.D. and yep. um, he'll still be. I mean, he's he's indicated that he he's he's Tony Stark. Yeah. You know, he's keeping that role. And even though he's not doing starring roles, he already is uh, going to be in the Spider-Man movie. Yep. So. Well, that's cool. Yeah. All right. So. Um, so in the in these comics, uh, Iron Man, Mister Fantastic, uh, Hank Pym, I believe, was going by Yellow Jacket at the time. Um, excuse me. Um, so uh, yeah, you got three of the smartest guys in in the Marvel universe, and we've talked before about how Marvel. Uh, I don't know if they're still doing this in their comics, but they. At this point, at, in the early two thousands, they had like an official ranking where like everybody knew like. Oh, this guy's number one. This guy's number two. This guy's number three. And um, I'm pretty sure what made it really ridiculous to to me, it's one thing for people for there to be like a general, like a generally known list. Like to in the general public, most people kind of think like like uh, Stephen Hawking is the smartest man alive today. And Albert Einstein is the smartest man alive ever. ever. And even though that's like that's just not something that you can rank in that way because there's so it's so much more complex than it's different time periods too. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the shit Stephen Hawking is he's thinking building about, upon everything Albert Einstein had. Yeah, Albert Einstein was thinking about the stuff during his time, what was relevant, and Stephen Hawking built from that yeah. of what's relevant now. You know yeah. and. In if the, 100 if, years, there'll be somebody building off of Stephen Hawking who is like, oh, this is the smartest man alive. Right, and, right. Um, but anyway, and w it was just the numbers really struck me as funny when it got to when I was reading like Amadeus Cho is the 17th smartest. and Howard the Duck is uh, <laughs> the 69th smartest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, so anyway, uh, where are we here? So you got them. Leading the push for the Registration Act. Right. Um, and Captain America is saying, like, he's all about freedom and the safety of the superheroes. He believes in the mask and, yeah. the, uh, and the importance of a yeah. secret identity. Which is very interesting because 
because um, Tony Stark in the comics was not always publicly known. Like he he would he would like he would be found out, and then he'd like he'd convince people like, oh, it's not me anymore. Somebody else is Iron Man now, and I'm just this other guy, and and he's just my bodyguard, and 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 all that, and and Steve Rogers was always you know like if you look at it it's like 50 50 whether people know that iron man is tony stark and steve rogers it's like 99 percent of the time the the public knew who is behind that mask but but you know you've got people who who you know the for them their anonymity is their greatest security for the their closest friends and family to you know and like Spider-Man kept his identity secret so that Dr. Octopus and all those people would not would not go after Aunt May. Well, and- he has a legitimate reason to keep his secret identity. He's a kid. You know, he's a yeah. kid. And it's not like if he's found out, it's not like he can just, you know, Tony Stark, if people know he's he's Iron Man, he can easily hide in a building. He has places to go around the world. Peter Parker is stuck at his aunt's house in school, you know, he could have protection and all that, but it's more of a dangerous situation if someone like him's found out. And another thing with, with Captain America, um, he's a, he's a military, he's a military guy. He, you know, the whole United States thing, the, you know, the government. And then for him to just go like, no, I don't want to register. Like, but you wanted to, (laughs) I just, I laugh when I think back to the character of, you know, before he was Captain America, how badly he wanted to register yeah, in the military. Yeah. And now when he's actually like big and strong and tough and super soldier, he's just like, eh, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> um, but I got to say, knowing the characters, it makes sense for, it, it really does make sense for uh, Steve Rogers to be, um, you know, to be more for freedom of, of the superheroes and everybody really. Um, but it, what doesn't make sense, it really, it didn't make sense to me in the comics for Tony Stark to be the one pushing for registration. That being said in the cinematic universe, they have done a really good job of setting, setting it up so that Tony Stark, like it, it makes sense for him to be sick. Not only did he come out in the first movie <laughs> as Iron Man, but um, but he has, you know, as much as I hated uh, most of Iron Man three. They oh, did a, I, I I like that movie. I generally, yeah. But you have awful taste. So um, <laughs> you, the but, shit the, the shit I like. There's a scene in that movie that and maybe you're referencing or not. But he's in a he's in the bar with Rhodey, mm-hmm. and he's sitting there and he's like coloring something, and he's essentially the whole movie he's having. Um, PTSD yeah. over the Avengers and just seeing that effect of him like freaking out like yep. I fucking went up to space I saw ships I, you know there's yeah. a nuke and and that is what I yeah that is what I'm referencing that's what I liked about this movie that that in the overall scheme of things they they are showing a more realistic reaction to the craziest battles anyone has ever fought right right and then Fast forward to the beginning of Age of Ultron when he gets that vision yep. from Scarlet Witch of everyone dead going like, this is your fault. Yep. 
and that freaks him out. Like he's already a little unstable from before. And now it's like, it, it keeps bringing him back to this. Like, like that's called care. That's just character development where yeah. in front of everybody else, he's, he's strong. He's iron man. Then behind closed doors, it's, it's not like he's just, he's scared. Yeah. He, he's generally scared about shit. And, uh, you know, and then you look at the stuff of what happened in, um, in Africa with, with Hulk, you know, yeah. and, and you know, with the Hulk buster having yeah. all that damage and having to like your face is on that damage. And, yeah. um, so that gives it a lot of good reason. And that's why the reviews and reading for the movie, uh, essentially is if you don't switch between sides, like at least 10 times throughout the movie, then, then you're a cynical, like you keep, they keep bringing up good reasons for each side that you're like, okay, I'm team cap now. No, I'm team Iron Man. And yeah, but that's not, I don't think how it was presented in the comics. It was basically team cap is the good guys. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> um, but, but, um, but that's why I like that this, we, we can just be more in, the story for them rather than as an allegory, you know, as, as a, um, you know, as an allegory of, of what is happening in our world. Cause we're, of course we're still dealing with a lot of our own shit and always will be. But, um, but this is, this one is not being built up so much as, as, um, a reaction to, and a depiction of, our own, uh, our own reactions from our own recent horrors. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so, and, and the, okay. So, so in the comics you got, um, uh, let's see. Did we say we got Captain America leading, uh, of course, um, Spider-Man is is a key figure in the comics. I'm not sure how much. My understanding is that they had already started on 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 this movie before the the deal with Sony, where that they were sharing Spider-Man went through. I, so. I think, from what I imagine, I, I, I from what I imagine, from I remember reading that uh, he kind of came early on, yep. or right as this movie was in pre production mm -hmm. possibly production itself but the, they knew going into production that at least things were talking yeah so keeping it but yeah that but either way without spider-man it, it's a it's a weird piece missing from the puzzle because yeah. but th that being said i'm not sure that spider-man in in the, the in the mcu i'm not sure he holds the same place the the same respect with much of the public and among other superheroes as, as he always has in the comics and did in, in the, the comic right, story. Nobody line. knows he's, he exists right at up to this point, at least the and other there heroes. Might be some, you know, they, they might reference some things that we haven't necessarily seen in movies, but kind of allude to the fact that he has been around a while and maybe is very popular. Yeah, I think the story they're telling is that Tony Stark found him early on in New York. Uh-huh. And has just kind of kept him around and, you know, because he was so young, didn't go like, Hey, come join the Avengers. And, um, and now at this point is like, you're, I need your help on this. Yeah. 
So, um, it, it is, it is weird, but still, but yeah, in the comics though, that was still like when you talk to people who, who read that whole series, I mean, that's, that is the, the key moment, the shocking moment of Spider-Man essentially, Tony Stark kind of manipulates. He oh, he, definitely does. Peter Parker looks up to to Tony Stark as a fellow inventor and fellow scientist, kind of like a father too. He, Absolutely, uh, Tony Stark has this. You know, Tony Stark doesn't have any kids. Peter Parker's young. He you know he clearly lost, doesn't have his he parents. He lost his parents and then his, lost his father figure. His, yeah, his uncle. Uh, so. You know, Tony Stark, you know, this this rich guy comes along, you know, Robert Downey Jr., charismatic as hell. If he walks into the room, you know, he he, he brings all attention to himself, um, but just takes this kid under his wing and then just goes like, show yourself to the world. Yeah. You know, they set up this big press conference and Peter Parker unmasks. There he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, be- and they use he uses him because Spider-Man is a positive uh, a positive character for uh for like other people in the world to to see not yeah. like comic readers i'm saying in their in their universe yep he's one of the good faces like oh this is a good hero here and if spider-man's involved well then i got to agree with this yeah yeah um along with <laughs> along with spider-man coming aboard Tony Stark upgrades his uh, his suit to the Iron Spider suit, um, which is gives him gives uh, gives him four extra uh, appendages appendages, sort of like Doctor Octopus's tentacles, but but not at all like them. Um, but they, yeah, partly it's it's partly like responding to his own thoughts and needs and. Um, it's a very, very cool thing. And it looks like there's some of that that's going to be going on. Cause there's in the first appearance of Spider-Man in, in the first trailer that had him, they, I think you've got, you see the, the thing with the, he's got like goggles of some kind that like the, the eyes of the costume are, seem to be a, a stark creation. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, uh, with some zooming in and out, creating the different expressive it makes sense shapes. yeah it makes sense that his suit is going to have some good tech in it um and of course peter parker is very conflicted because because he he's you know he's doing what he thinks is probably right but on the other hand he's going against captain america and it doesn't get more you, you don't get more iconic than captain america in America, in America, yeah, um, and and complicating matters is the fact that many supervillains end up being for the registration and actually even working for the government. Um, and we know exactly why they. Some are probably well. Some of some of them, some of them seem to genuinely have been moved by this huge tragedy because. It's one thing to, you know, if it's one thing to be a lawbreaker, you know, if you have superpowers and you use them to like rob a bank and get some money or just to have some fun and be, and you know, there, there's different levels of super villainy <laughs> and 
it's it's not like every single person who has ever used their powers irresponsibly is going to find out 60 elementary school kids die and is going to be like, yeah. Um, so th- there's a lot of supervillains that are certainly swayed and, and decide to fight for a greater good, even though they may have acted selfishly in the past. Um, they They aren't the kind of people that would want to, you know, to murder a bunch of people. Um, to murder a bunch of people in in one shot and and all that. So, um, excuse me. Um, so, but there's also there's a whole thing going on with the Thunderbolts and how the, the Thunderbolts were were supposedly a team of reformed supervillains that like wanted to become superheroes and change their ways, and they were led by Baron Zemo. Um, or the current Baron Zemo, and uh, there's just that was a whole other thing that that um, after Civil War it ended up being a, um, that there was there was more going on there, and there was a they were working for the greater bad, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, the the huge um, the the there's a few big things uh, going on. The huge escalation was when a bunch of the heroes on either side came together um, for like sort of a meeting to see if they could find some sort of compromise or at least to try to calm things down between themselves. And you got Iron Man and Captain America having a face-to-face discussion, but Captain America had a, a like a hidden device uh, that he he used to um, when the conversation didn't seem to be going so well he used it to disable Iron Man's armor and then he sucker punched him and uh, to be clear Captain America sucker punched Iron Man and then a big all out fight uh, happened and at this point in in the comics thor was dead yeah this is one of my favorite things about the civil war thing uh ragnarok mm-hmm. comes into play yeah ragnarok uh, was a clone of thor made by tony stark henry pym and and mr Ka- fantastic uh, yeah. they took a, a strand of hair from thor mm-hmm. and cloned him yep. into they all, ragnarok. All, yeah and they also had to use a lot of stark tech including basically faking mjolnir the 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 Thor hammer. Um, yeah. And uh, it was, it was like a mechanical hammer instead. Um, or electronic. That, yeah. That, that clone though uh, was, was made to help kind of arrest some yeah. of the heroes, you yeah. know, and, and, um, and to, bre- and to cr- basically create a whole other, uh, a whole other iconic thing so that people could be like, Oh, Thor's back and Thor is for registration. Like there, that's another guy. Yeah, they, they, their idea was that like, if people just see Thor fighting with them, yeah. So just another big name, but, but he, he was out of control. Cause he, he kills Goliath. Yeah. Goliath is, um, not, not Ant-Man, but not, no, not Hank Pym, not, uh, not Scott Lang, but, but is, is another guy that, uh, was uh fairly minor um in in the comics but no pun intended <laughs> uh but a huge you know he he can grow to be a huge guy and 
and Ragnarok shoots lightning right through his chest, killing him instantly. And, um, and all the, uh, all the pro registration heroes, um, worked to, to kind of contain Ragnarok, the Thor clone and, and Cap and his guys got away. Um, of course this helped to, to turn some public opinion against the pro registration people saying like, if you're just going to kill them, then maybe, maybe we don't need to come so hard against them. Um, but also Iron Man and Mr. Fantastic had, had created a prison that was in the negative zone, like another dimension, an alternate universe. Yeah. Um, sort of a Guantanamo Bay to just, Anybody who's not willing to register, we're still going to capture you and we're going to imprison you and not even in our own universe. And that's that was what's showing that they were starting to get a little bit. Right. And even though it's not in the negative zone, I, th- I think the the idea of uh, of the prison is still in the uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. In the trailer, you see this kind of facility rise out of the ocean and yep. there's a scene of Tony and Cap in this in the middle of this room with a bunch of cells surrounding him. So yeah. Just seems like that idea might still be put into play. I wonder you have guys like uh like Tony Stark, for example, uh Clint Barton, Hank Pym, who necessarily aren't superhuman. They just mm-hmm. have abilities or have built something that gives them extra extraordinary abilities. Do they count under the superhuman registration act? Like Hawkeye is a guy who just has like crazy precision with arrows. Does he really count as a superhuman, you know, or is it just the fact that he has an identity? Right. Um, Yeah, that's a good question. And I think for the most part, the way that they kind of skirted that is they made them all, I mean, the the majority of those people were in some way already connected with S.H.I.E.L.D. and therefore automatically registered. Um, and and they certainly had all those people on. I think, I think everybody who qualifies as not superhuman um, was actually on the pro-registration side. And I, I think there was even some talk about that in some of the, the comics about, like, you know, do guys like these count as superhumans? Um, but, uh, and I, I, I would say they're not actually superhuman, but they, but, um, I mean, Iron Man certainly, including his suit, he is superhuman. He is more than human, above human, whatever. You know, he has extra abilities with the suit. Um, but also, operated fairly openly, at least as someone who was manufacturing this kind of technology, even if he wasn't always admitting that he was the guy inside of it. Um, so anyway, there, it does, it, it all comes to a head. Um, uh, Hulkling, who was a, again, a fairly minor character, but he's a, I believe a scroll that was living as, as a human, <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's a, he can, let's see, he is a uh, 
He's known as Teddy Altman. Um, he was a part of the Young Avengers. He's he he mimicked the Hulk, um, but he was yeah. I think he's a scroll. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, he used a shape shifting to to he he basically made himself look like Hank Pym to get into the prison to let everybody out, which again, another huge major battle. Once everybody's back out of that, out of their prison, um, a cloak of cloak and, um, wow. Cloak of cloak and dagger, uh, teleports the entire battle to the middle of New York city. Um, and you got Ragnarok who's been fixed supposedly, uh, and Captain Marvel and, um uh and and th- so they they came to help the uh the pro registration people and Namor shows up with an army of Atlanteans to assist the the anti registration yeah. folks um uh and uh, with vision compromising iron man's armor captain america is able to uh finally take out iron man um actually he he's right before he was able to take out Iron Man. Yeah, he stopped he, and yeah. um and then he surrenders. Right. Which him surrendering kind of marks, you know, the, like the end the, of the like everyone just kinda is like, oh, well, yeah. that's Yeah. He surrenders saying like this fight is worse than what we're fighting against, so I'm done. So they start the the uh the fifty state initiative um, where basically like every every state is going to get its own superhero team. Basically, I wonder who gets to go to Hawaii <laughs> or Alaska. Actually, who's the team who gets sent up to Alaska? <laughs> um, and officially, Tony Stark becomes the director of Shield, and Maria Hill is the deputy director uh, after having been the acting director. Um, a lot of heroes move to Canada just to get away from the registration. Um, oh, They're like, well, you know how a lot of people will say like, oh, this person's elected and president. Yeah. I'm moving to Canada. It's like these guys, like they just can fly. They can go like, ah, well, see ya. Go to Canada. <laughs> um, they also called the 50 state initiative is also called the Avengers initiative. Um, and um, uh, you get the, there's the new Avengers who are not, they call themselves the new Avengers and they're like the secret Avengers. They, they basically go into hiding and don't want to register. Uh, and that includes Iron Fist and Dr. Strange and Clint Barton, who was operating as Ronan at the time, not as Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, uh, Iron Man has his own team, the, the mighty Avengers. Um, uh, the the Thunderbolts are made a federal agency with Norman Osborn directing it. Which Boy, just, that's bad news yeah. written all over it. It's like, oh, hey, th- these former supervillains, let's take this other former supervillain and put them in charge and not have anybody involved. That's always that's been like, a good person. You know, that's like, you know, Jared and OJ Simpson starting a, like a small football team in jail and making Bill Cosby the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and Black Panther and Storm join the Fantastic Four because uh, Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Woman um, just 
I don't know. They like ditch for a while, I guess. <laughs> After something like that, I imagine you need a vacation. Yeah. Now during this whole thing, the X-Men were basically neutral or they announced yeah. that they were not taking a yeah. side. Well, just before civil war in the comics, the, um, and I, I, this, I wonder if this was part like actually really specifically planned out to take mutants out of the equation, but there was, there was the, um, <clears throat> there was a storyline where basically Scarlet Witch, uh, used her powers to, manipulate reality in such a way that virtually all mutants um were either either died or lost their powers and only 198 mutants are left on the entire planet and almost all of them moved to uh xavier's school um and like band together and just try to stay out of everything else and and most of them yeah they they basically tried to stay out of just keep the X-Men out of the civil war thing. Cause, um, cause that's crazy enough. X-Men always had a lot of controversy around them within the, 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 the universe. Um, and, uh, I think they just wanted to kind of simplify things for them. Yeah. That's <laughs> smart for them too, just to stay in the school and, and mm-hmm. keep out of it. And, uh, there's a lot of kids and stuff involved at, at the Xavier school and yeah, you know, God forbid you'd have kids in the fight. I mean, yep. you know, you already had shit go down in Stanford. So, um, now I've uh, also the biggest thing that happened post civil war is, uh, one of the other iconic pieces of the storyline is, is Captain America being, uh, assassinated yep. outside of a court. Um, yep. And it was it was made to look like it was crossbones, um, but in fact, I believe it, it was um, Sharon Carter. Yep, Shield Agent Sharon Carter, uh, who who's brainwashed. Um, uh, um, yeah. So it was her that actually shot him. Um, yeah, I like the Fifty States Initiative. It's cool. It's just like nobody really wants to be reading 50 different comic books that are all different Avengers scenes. Actually, some people would, but... Imagine if each state just had its own comic series. <laughs> like, of that. that would, I mean, that would be a lot of work, but pretty yeah. cool. But, um... No, I'm just saying in their universe, I think having that, because, you know, the government isn't gonna say, hey, Iron Man, stay home, we don't need you. I mean, the whole point of... The registration act and having a little bit more control is to for accidents not to happen of like, you know, uh, Hulk is just, you know, Hulk is going nuts in this city uh, and normally, all right, let's just go and stop him. And instead not having somebody above you to say, no, like, hold on a second, let's assess the situation and let's do it this way. Yeah. Somebody with a little bit more control. Uh and that could be a good thing. And then I, I just like that if each state has its own force. Yeah. You know, they at least at least it's a little bit more f- fair. Yep. And, you know, th- accidents don't have to happen as often. Right, right. Um, now, uh, there were a lot of complaints. You know, there, there was there was some critics who loved this storyline, some critics who, who didn't. The people that didn't like it or what people gen- tended not to like about it was that it just like ended. It just like a suddenly everything's over. 
um, where, you know, if, if, um, you know, if, if the, if this was a real thing, like one guy saying I give up would not end the fight. Like everyone wouldn't be like, Oh, caps out of the game. Okay. I guess we all lost. Let's quietly agree with everything. Um, I'm fine with that. It it, works though. (laughs) It easily could have gone on twice as long with a, you know, but, um, but that, that was a complaint. Um, at at the 2007 comic con international, they did a, uh, a scholarly analysis of, of the storyline and, and, uh, and they said that the story's conflict is a natural out outgrowth of the basic human dilemma, which is a conflicting desires for security and freedom. Um, and and they said that character motivations on both sides arise from positive human qualities, um, because Eric Fromm, who's the psychologist that named this as the basic human dilemma, his image of human nature is ultimately optimistic. Just basically saying that the people who want security and the people who want freedom really are they just want what's best for everybody, and they sometimes disagree about what is best. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's the idea behind all this. Now the, the movie Captain America Civil War, which I think outside of America is probably just being called Civil War or like Marvel Civil War or something because, because Captain America is not as, as strong a character in most other countries as he's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Identified the movie, though, uh, from what I hear from people, is definitely a Captain America movie. You know, even a a lot of people say, "Oh, this is Avengers two point five. Really isn't. Yeah, it it really like the other heroes are there. It's just one of those things that. All right, so um, Winter Soldier, for example, Mm -hmm. the the last movie, all this shit is happening, or even Iron Man three. All this shit is happening, and no other heroes are around. Right. You know, like Tony Stark is trying to go and attack the Mandarin and, and Cap is, you know, they can't help him, yep. you know, or he can't call Hawkeye or anyone. <laughs> um, but at least this one, you know, the end of the last movie, Cap is, is training a new batch of Avengers and it would just be stupid to have another Captain America movie and not have anybody but Scarlet Witch or, um, or Black <laughs> Widow. Like nobody's around. No. <laughs> so... I like that. It, look, get get used to it. Every movie is going to have more and more heroes, at least to side characters, or at least there, because this is a, a, a universe now. Yep. And now they're more connected than ever. Yep. So it seems like they're going after it rather than a registration act. It seems more like it, the, the, the story, the impetus for this is in fact, um, the government wants to capture and maybe execute Bucky, the winter soldier. Yeah. Um, so, um, so it seems like it's more over like this one specific thing of like protecting this guy that was not in control of his actions before. Um, but I, I don't know that for sure. That's just what it seems like from the trailers. Are you saying that, were you saying that that's the only, no, I'm saying that seems to be the main conflict. The, the actually the no the superhuman registration act is still it is a thing here it is a thing because in the big uh, th- you know Thunderbolt Ross t- you know comes back into the cinematic universe mm-hmm. for the first time since Hulk and shows all the destruction shows the issues shows the the death count and says like this is something we have to stop here's yep. the registration act yep. um 
from, I, I don't know officially, but from what I'm getting at or what I've heard is that there's something with, uh, something with Bucky having to do something with Iron Man. Uh huh. And that's more of a cause for Iron Man to want to bring him in. Yeah. Uh, I've heard rumors maybe he was the one who killed his father, which wouldn't surprise me since Howard Stark was definitely um, involved with S.H.I.E.L.D. and yep. Pym Tech and all these different yep. situations. So I'm very interested to see, uh, <coughs> to see this movie. And, yeah, and yeah. What they've done with with the basic idea, it still works. I mean, you you, you don't have as many heroes, but I, I think it makes it easier to follow. Mm-hmm. You know, and you at least get everybody's point of view instead of just. I'm sure during the comics you had a bunch of people who were just like, "Oh, Cap's on that side." Okay, <laughs> you know, you can't write for every single hero there to go. What's your reasoning? Yeah. Yeah. To, for doing this, you just yeah. and scuttlebutt is <laughs> that um, <laughs> that uh, they've filmed four death scenes with the intention of actually killing one person, and not they haven't they hadn't even told the actual actors which one of them was dying. Which I'm not sure I believe that because people have contracts for multiple movies and all that. But well, but supposedly someone's actually dying in this. Yeah, uh, I talked about this with a coworker the other day. Uh, I, I do know the movie opens up with uh, with Sharon Carter, uh, Sharon, yeah, uh, um, Agent Carter's. What's her first name? Sharon. Yeah, Sharon. What's her daughter's name? Oh, I don't know. Peggy Carter. Isn't that Agent oh, Carter? Wait, isn't Peggy the first one? Sharon's the yes, because okay. she's old. Yeah. She's really old. Uh, I believe they're opening up with her funeral. She had passed away. Yeah. Because she was kind of dying during Winter Soldier, you know, when he went yeah. and visited her. Yeah. Um, and that the movie is ending with something, some kind of death. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling Cap, Cap is the one going down. Uh, it just makes sense. It's one of those things kind of like when we were talking about Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reason why it was written in the comic book. There's a reason to follow the comic book. Yeah. Um, Plus, you also have two guys under contract that both can have been Captain America in the comics. Bucky. Yeah. And and, uh, Sam. Right. You can have the Falcon. So you can always bring him back. But Chris Evans has definitely maintained this idea that he wants to slow down in acting. He'll do whatever Marvel asks for him because he's having the time of his life. But that's it. He doesn't really want to do anything else. Yeah. Uh, after that, I think Hawkeye would be the next possible death uh, or his family. Cause, cause who gives a fuck about Hawkeye? <laughs> you know, it's not even that. It's just the thing where they... that I, I think back to Age of Ultron. They they almost had to, but that all, all that shit with his family. Yeah. And... You know, his wife saying to him, like, they they need you more than you need them. Yeah. You know, like, you know, you are the linchpin of this team, whether you know it or not. And I always, that always stood weird to me. Like, why build that up without this guy losing his life, uh, you know, or his family getting injured? Because yeah. that guy has a big reason to want to keep things secret because he even kept it secret from S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. You know, so... 
I think it's those two. I don't think any. I think both women are totally fine. Black Widow and Scarlet Witch. Yeah. The, you know, you need the vision around for that moment of Thanos taking the gem out of his forehead to see what goes on with that. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not going to kill the Winter Soldier. Yeah. I don't think they're killing Don Cheadle because, <laughs> well, I don't think they're killing Rhodey slash War Machine. Well, I don't because... think they're going to kill the actor, John Don Cheadle, <laughs> in, the, in the universe. But, but the reason I don't think it is because that's the that's the scene they keep showing that has people like, oh, my God, they're killing Rhodey. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, he's, that's been in multiple trailers that you see Tony Stark like holding a dying uh, War Machine. Tony Stark is not dead because they've already announced him for the Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. They're not killing oh, Spider-Man. Could just be flashbacks, though. I, I, I guess. Or, like, use him as part of the origin story. Like, he finds this kid swinging around. It's like, hey, here's some cool shit, bro. I mean, they could pull a Star Trek uh, Into Darkness where in Star Trek II, uh Spock dies. But uh-huh. then in Into Darkness, they, they swapped it so that Kirk dies. Yeah. So maybe, maybe Tony goes down in the end. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't die though. What? Kirk didn't die. Well, yeah, just that scene though yeah, of him no. dying. <laughs> uh, Black Panther, they're not killing. It's his first movie, and you know he's got another one coming out. So it just it leaves Cap or Hawkeye for me. Yeah, I think they said I, I heard that the that Black Panther unmasking is like the big moment in this one. Like like the they try to do the Spider Man thing, but with Black Panther, who also this is his first movie. But I guess it would have some impact because he's he, he's like the king of a country, so people would be like, oh shit, that king is a superhero. <laughs> so, I don't know. Is there any reason that he's called uh, called Black Panther like in connection with the Black Panther militant group? Is there any <laughs> is there any like correlation with that, or is it just? Um, I I honestly think they just like there there was. The initial, like the initial time when when Marvel and and DC were adding, like trying to add some some black superheroes into the comic uh, comic books. Uh, initially, it was like the the way they did it was just to be like put black in front of something else, and so I think they just you know. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Stanley heard the term Black Panther, didn't know anything about the organization, was like, "Oh, that sounds cool. Let's just uh, make that a superhero." The fact is, all Panthers are black. Like all actual Panthers are black. So it's there's no like Black Panther in reality. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I don't know. It's, I mean, technically, there is a Black Panther in reality. You just don't call it a Black Panther. Well, I'm just saying all Panthers are black. That's what makes them a Panther. Right. right. Otherwise, they're, a, um, I think, a Jaguar or a Puma. The, the, it's black, like, black Puma. <laughs> that's what makes it a Panther. Um, so, and I, I think that's it. I mean. Oh, yeah. I don't have anything else to talk about. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the movie's going to be, from what I hear, it's it's absolutely the best Marvel movie they've made thus far. And I believe that because the Russos... They did Winter Soldier, which when that you talk to people, that's the best Marvel movie ever. So I feel like with these guys given more heroes now, um, and really they were able to take a story, juggle a bunch of heroes in it. I have no doubt in my mind that they're gonna knock it out of the park with Infinity War. Um, especially with the fifty plus or forty plus different characters. They said they came out and said, like, I think it was I feel like fifty is big, but they were like there are fifty or sixty this different, distinct Marvel characters in Infinity Wars parts one and two. Yeah. 
which I think if you lay everything out of the characters who are currently here, the like heroes and characters like Nick Fury, um, you know, people who are at least around for all these like Thunderbolt Ross, I think he, they're going to include the TV heroes as well. I think Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage are actually going to be brought up in Infinity War. Um, and, and who knows, maybe Coulson and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. get brought in too. Yeah. So, yeah, I yeah, we'll, we'll see it. Our episode next week is going to be uh, a, a, a review of the Civil War movie. We're going to see it. We're going to see it this weekend and we'll be back. Um, Live Tuesday and Ooh, this episode goes up on Thursday for yep. Marvel Civil War. Yeah. So uh so go see the fucking movie. Not that it benefits us in any way. No, no. Read the comics too. Do yourself a favor. And then uh, listen well, to all our stuff, sign up for an audible trial and at, at audibletrial.com slash beanholes. And uh what are you what, what are you trying to say something? No, I was gonna say uh I just wanted to ask you one question about okay. uh, Civil War Two, the the comic series. Uh-huh. Um, just what side you uh, of that situation do you kind of agree with? I don't even know what the situation is. It's it's uh, Iron Man versus Captain Marvel. They uh, they have a hero, or they have a, a person who can see into the future and know. Oh right, right, which right. It's a minority report situation. It's like right. do we go after someone who? we know is going to do something and now before they've done Captain it. Captain Marvel, Iron Man is on kind of the good side where he's like, we, we can't go after somebody before they do something. We have to wait until they do something. Right. Captain Marvel's on the side of, if we know they're going to kill a thousand children, we stop them now. Right, right. No, I, so. um, I guess, uh, like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm on the side of, if you know someone's going to do something, you stop them from doing it. You don't, you don't you don't punish them for what they haven't done cuz you don't you don't ever know someone's going to do something that's that's just but um but yeah that's just that's a a sci-fi/fantasy dilemma that we never have to face in reality cuz you never right, really right. know for sure something's going to happen um so uh yeah guess that's it um yeah remember to Go to audibletrial.com slash beanholes and get a free thing and then it'll be super cool. And until next week, keep on beaning. Harry Candy.